Dad, this are, you, episode, are you burping? I'm not burping yet, but I literally just ran in the door from breakfast. So I might be. Cool. This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. This, We're doing a this, short this, version. It's a yes. short version. Please, please buy my books. God help you. You can always buy books at uh, kickbezosintheballs.org. And if you're buying things on the internet, go to merch.sayswhopodcast.com. There's other stuff too, but we're just going. See you tomorrow. That's the see you tomorrow theme song. I like the way you kind of turned it into a little house remix there. Yeah. You just like dropped it. You dropped that beat. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. <sighs> Dan, Dan Maureen, just instantly put his head down. As, and I just... was, as I was running, literally running from the first floor of this hotel that I'm in, which we'll talk about in a second, to the third floor, to the room, to get set up to record, I had a realization. I don't know how to deal with it. Okay. That realization was, maybe I'm doing too many things. <laughs> okay. All right, Dan. Look, we're going to really take look. Okay. Dan, I'm going to tell you a very short story just to put everything in the frame. All right. When we last left you, we said, things look like they're heating up. He looks like he's going to be indicted any second. See you tomorrow. And then like nothing, nothing happened. Nothing Dan happened. Was, Dan was all geared up. I went on vacation. You sure did. Now, Dan, very quick on my vacation. I want to hear it. I went I live to, it. listen, I went to Antigua. Yep. I decided to go to the max every day. First of all, on the arrival, I arrived on a Sunday afternoon, then we had five full days and we left on a Saturday. Yeah. Sunday afternoon, I, I cracked open my book, got my floaty in, and the book I decided was something, it was titled something like, why you can't concentrate or something. It's like a book about being overwhelmed in a digital age. And this guy goes, does all this research on it. And the first thing he does is go into digital detox. And he goes and says all these experts who are like, basically we're all doomed. And then I threw that book away <laughs> four chapters in. And I was like, I, that, I don't need to hear this. Like I know. Then I spent five days. This was my routine. Yeah. I'm, Wake I'm, up. I'm going to live this. Okay. Yeah. They had a little, so the night before you scanned a QR code and said, please leave coffees in my mail, lattes in my mailbox at 8 a.m. And there's sure. a little mailbox that you open the inside hatch and inside two little lattes with smiley faces drawn on them that said, good morning. Then. I love it. Walk through the garden, eat breakfast, play one board game. Then I, I would go down to the beach directly from there and swim in the crystal blue, best goddamn water I've ever been in, Dan. Best water I've ever been in. I love it. I swim for a full hour. Where were you? Antigua. Mm. Swam for a full hour. Came back up to our little, they weren't rooms. They, we, they each little, they were individual little houses. Okay. So it was like a little hut. Everybody had a, like a little house. And then ours like had a deck on back with a little plunge pool and an Holy outdoor cow. tub. That's and living. Like, and room just to, to kind of like a deck just to be outside. I would immediately go to the deck and do a half hour of yoga with Adrian off YouTube. Sure. Then I would just be in my bathing suit for the rest of the day. And the rest of the day is just a combination of eating lunch, going to the beach with a book, swimming for an hour, reading for an hour, swimming for an hour. And there would always be two rum punches in there, Dan. 
Yeah. I don't drink very much, Dan, but this week it turns out Rum Punch and I agree. I was mildly drunk on Rum Punch the entire time. Perfect. You're like a I, you're like a late era Beach Boys song. I I was yacht rock personified. Yeah, then. you were. I up until the time we left for the airport at 3 p.m. on Saturday, I was in the water up till 15 minutes before that. Yes, I was you were. still wet and sandy at the airport. That's I was, how you know you did it right. I was so I was so calm. The only moment of stress was I found out they had a, a machine of very good ginger ales. They had a blackberry ginger ale in there and a bull ginger ale. And I didn't have any singles. And I just kind of put my, I was like the ha ha sickos thing. Like that was yeah. me just looking at these ginger ales. Get on the plane, Dan. All right. Plane ride home. I'm thinking about how I've really kind of changed. I've opened my body back up yeah. after illness and stuff. I've stretched. I'm trying to open up my psoas muscle. I really concentrated on not being online much. Mm -hmm. Now then. Yeah. About 20 minutes into the flight, or, you know, at the 10,000 mile mark. So like, or, so like maybe half hour in the flight, they go, is there a doctor or a nurse on board? Oh, good. So that happened. And then a doctor appears and she goes off with a patient. I'm like, oh no. So she's taking care of the patient. And then Dan, as I'm sitting there, and it's kind of a weird, beautiful light. It's a very weird light outside. That's not then. a good feeling when like, you're flying in also the sky. JetBlue free Wi-Fi, very good, and oh, and full speed. You can stream on it. Very good oh, Wi-Fi. Nice. Yeah. And so I'm just watching stuff, relaxing. Little shake. I like turbulence. No problem, Dan. I actually mm -hmm. put on music and groove to it. Okay. Oh, that's a big shake, huh? Oh, that's a big shake, huh? Oh, and then I grab Oscar's hand. I turn and I realize, okay, so then the pilot comes on and goes, ah, oh, listen, um, we're, there's no way around this. Um, we're going to go through some stuff. Uh, we've, all been talking to, we've all been talking on the radio, and it's just there's some bad stuff going on, and uh, it's going to be bad. So I'm going to need everyone to sit down and strap in. The wow. doctor was strapped in. Then the plane really begins to shake. Crew's still going around. I begin to sweat. I see that I am, I'm sitting on the exit row, Dan, because that's where I like to sit. And yeah. I'm like, I am really next to that thing that opens. Like, I know it doesn't. Like, I'm not a fearful flyer, but I was like, oh, yeah. oh. Uh, Dan? I'm next to the hole on the plane. I'm next to the thing. I'm next to the opening bit. Yeah. And um, Dan, then he comes on and goes, crew, seated immediately. And then Dan... This plane begins to go side to side. Oh it my. begins, goes up and it does, and I don't know what it was, Dan. I started to think maybe when it sucks me out of the plane, Oscar will be okay because I'm, it'll just take me. <laughs> this is a very, very Maureen Johnson take. I'm like, it won't, but maybe it won't take him. Yeah. Like it may just, sure. the sky just may want one of us and that's yeah. okay. I'm slick with sweat, but I don't want Oscar to be upset. So I'm like trying to be cool. And I keep grabbing his hand and let it go like, fine, whatever. Like, I don't even care about this. This is like, I like this. I actually like this. <gasps> the nausea, Dan, the sweating, the nausea. I'm just like, don't barf, don't barf, don't barf. I had to take my mask off because I was like, okay, we're beyond this now. Like, yeah. I, I don't want to, I need as much air as I can get in. 
because there was a second medical emergency happening, but everyone's oh. strapped in. So someone else is treating another emergency. This plane is going all over the sky. It's going up and down. I'm dripping with sweat. And it stops for a minute. And the pilot goes, listen, we have about 15 minutes clear. Do whatever you have to do. <laughs> everyone reassembles. <laughs> I grab my bag and get the emergency queasiness medicine that my doctor okay. gave me because I had oh, queasiness after COVID and he gave me a couple of these things that get rid of it. Pop yeah. that. Then uh, back in, strap in. Woo! Okay, then this plane eventually lands. The, the crew comes on and goes, now you know how sometimes people clap on landing? Well, yeah. nobody clapped, but then the crew came on and said, why don't we get a round of applause for the pilot for landing this plane? <laughs> <laughs> they made us clap, Dan. They made us clap. And then they were, the pilot oh, no. came out and took the thing and he's like, hey, everybody, have a, a tough night. I know I did. Anyway, we're going to need everyone to take their seats while we, get all the while we get all the emergency medical crews on board to take out the patients that need it. Multiple emergency responders come on board. Now, everyone actually, they seemed fine, but all yeah. these emergency responders. And then the crew comes back on and goes, why don't we thank all the doctors and nurses that served tonight? It was like I was on MASH <laughs> the plane. Like it was. Anyway, that was Dan. On, that was Saturday night? That was Saturday night. Yeah. So, so you you were flying through the weather that we got on Friday. Yes, I was flying. We I, I took a plane through that. It was the same weather that caused, apparently here in PA, the sky went completely black. Yeah. There was tornado. There were tornadoes. Yeah. I yeah. flew through so, that then. So. We had that weather on Friday night. I, I promise you, says Huvia, we will talk about the news of the mm. of the week. Oh, don't worry, um, you guys. Don't well, worry. Strap in. So we had that weather Friday night. And uh, I am now talking to you from Boulder, Colorado, where we drove on Sunday. Sunday oh, yeah. As, and Monday. As my pilot said, take your 10 minutes now because it's about to get bumpy. Yeah. Um. And uh, Friday night, though, the teen was flying to Minneapolis to visit a friend. Uh, and then he was going to be flying to Colorado yesterday, Tuesday, to uh, meet up with us. So he had to get to the airport. So first of all, he bought his own ticket, which he was very proud of, and I'm wow. very proud of him for doing that. That's amazing. Uh, with the money that he got, got from his job. He chose uh, an airline that we kept joking about how it maybe wasn't a real airline. So huh. that was problem number one. Problem number two uh, there was like a literal, actual act of God coming through the Chicagoland area at about yeah. the same time as his flight. So uh, I get him to the airport because his flight is marked as on time. So I'm like, well, that seems unlikely, but uh, it's not going nuts right now. So I guess I'll get you to the airport. So I get him to the airport. I get home within, I don't know, five minutes of me getting home. It is an absolute monsoon outside. I don't know how much water fell from the sky in about a 15 minute window, but a lot of water fell from the sky in about a 15 minute window. So his flight obviously gets delayed till 9 PM. So, uh, he's sitting there, he's kind of keeping us informed of what's going on. Uh, they had not yet, uh, later that night, he was not there later that night. Uh, they actually evacuated O'Hare airport into the basement <laughs> Of O'Hare Airport, which is something I didn't know that you would do. But uh, but he was not there, I should point out, because he uh, finally texts us and says, oh, they just rescheduled my flight to 9 a.m. And we're like, oh, okay. 
And I was like, well, there is a break in the storms. I will bomb out there and get you. So I'm, I'm trying to get to O'Hare Airport from my house, which involves a lot of westwardly driving. And uh, the normal route, I get about halfway there, and then I can't go any further because the roads are completely flooded. So I'm like, okay, I back up, backtrack, go a little bit further south, uh, start heading, roads completely flooded. Backtrack, go back. I finally find a route to O'Hare that gets me there. I get him. I get home. We walk through the door, and then wham, 90-mile-an-hour winds come blowing through, which literally sounded like a train came down our street. We did not have any trees, but a lot of things happened that night. Uh, but, okay, 9 a.m., no problem. I take him back to O'Hare. We wake up really early, get him to O'Hare. And at that point, I say to him, listen, I don't totally trust that you are leaving at 9 a.m. So I'm going to hang out in the cell phone lot until you tell me you're through security. Because they didn't give him a new boarding pass, right? They were just like, it's cool, man. Just come back at 9 a.m. So inevitably, he texts and says, yeah, security rejected the boarding pass. I'm standing out in front of a, a counter that does not have anyone working at it with a whole bunch of other people that are on this flight. So he kind of keeps me in the loop for a minute. And then I realize I'm just going to park and go and help figure out this situation. Maureen, his flight never happened. No, no, no person from the airline, which I will name Sun Country Air. Doesn't sound like a real airline. Maybe it isn't a real airline. Maybe they don't have planes. Uh, nobody ever showed up. We were there until about noon. The people uh, that he was going to visit, they very nicely were like, look, we have some points. We will book a flight. So he, he then has, is rebooked on a flight leaving from the other airport in the Chicago area. Uh, at nine o'clock at night on Saturday. So then that's like a whole haul drive from where we live. It's like an hour plus to that airport. So then we kind of get home, take a minute, drive him, get him there. Great. So then we drive to uh, Boulder, but we were driving through like 40, 50, 60 mile an hour winds. It was not a fun drive. It was wild. Um, we get, it takes two days to get here, get here on Monday. Uh, I immediately write an indictment thing because, you know, the indictment. And then uh, and then yesterday happened, which I was uh, on all day. I have base. And then, oh, in the middle of yesterday, I had to go to Denver, uh, the Denver airport to pick up the team. Also, uh, a blizzard was happening here at the time. So cool. then I had to drive through a blizzard to get him. Anyway, it, I, it has been nonstop. It has been it, it has, I, I, uh, I texted Janice again as I was running through the hotel to get here to report. I said, I feel like I'm stuck on a perpetual motion machine mm. because there has not been a single minute, Maureen. There has not been a single minute, but there is still not a single minute because we need to yeah. talk about April 4th, 2023. A day I experienced down here in Pennsylvania because the a day after I got back, I tried to reassemble part of my house because I had it all painted and it was all. And then I immediately got on a train to come here. Yeah. So I was here in uh, swing country. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Full on swing state. Uh, so now we've we've everybody strap back in, please. Buckle your seatbelts again. Make sure all the overhead bins are closed because we're going to go through some stuff. 
Yeah, but not bad stuff. No, Dan, but stuff. Here's the thing, Maureen. April 4th, 2023. It was a good day. <laughs> I realized that as I was as I was finally going to bed. I was like that was a that was a good day. Obviously, we are going to devote a great deal of time to the Trump news. Mm. But I want to, before we get to that, make sure that we give uh, the due that it is deserved to the fact that Chicago elected Brandon Johnson, a legitimately good dude, to be mayor. Great. Not a boss. As we had discussed before, Chicago only elects bosses, not a boss. Like a guy that people that I know and respect deeply are like, he is the future of this city. So that is pretty exciting. Uh, and he beat Paul Vallis, who uh, has run for, I think, pretty much every office in the Illinois and lost, but seemed like maybe he was going to win by running a total dog whistle racist campaign and did not. So that's always good, too. Uh, so that was a good, good part of yesterday. And then Wisconsin a state that is very near and dear to my heart uh, and that has been going through some things for a long time now, uh, rallied and elected a uh, liberal to their Supreme Court, which flipped the balance of power in their Supreme Court, which means that most likely Wisconsin will not outlaw abortion. It means that they may be able to finally get uh, redistricting lines drawn that do not give Republicans a supermajority in the state. Um, and they did it, you know, despite the fact that much of Wisconsin is rigged against uh, that sort of thing. So two very, very, very good things happened uh, in the latter half of the day yesterday. But the main event unfolded throughout the day when Donald Trump got arrested. It only took seven years, Dan. I realized when, uh, when he walked into the Manhattan Criminal Courts building that I have insisted for years, Maureen, that he was never going to be arrested for anything. And mea culpa... Because he did. He sure did, Dan. Yesterday, Trump was arrested for the first time. Yeah. Potentially. Not the last time. Not the last time. So let's talk about it, Dan, because I watched some of it with uh, my family. My mom was snickering and making. She's like, good. Look at him. Look at him, the little weasel. Look at him. Look mm -hmm. at him. Um, I watched the procession. It was a real O.J. Simpson and the Bronco vibe of watching cars oh, yeah. go. They're like, here he is in the car. There he goes. I kind of enjoyed watching that whole procession make its way down Manhattan and just the sort of because not I mean, obviously it was. So he drove in a entourage of NYPD cars and Secret Service like SUVs, you know, he was in one of them, who knows which, uh, there were probably about a dozen of them. They left Trump tower and then drove, uh, downtown, right? Cause Trump towers, what in like midtown and yeah, then they had the Columbus they, circle and they had to get down to the criminal courts building, which is more at the, the bottom of, of Manhattan. And one, 
it was just fun to see people drive at like a total moving pace throughout Manhattan the yeah. entire time because they were closing uh, they were closing streets in advance of them passing. So that was fun. It was just interesting to know how long it takes to get somewhere if you right, didn't have to yeah. go. You can oh. you can get from Midtown to downtown in 15 minutes if everything stops for you. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing that was amazing was they didn't close everything because it's fucking Manhattan, right? Right. So any street that they were driving down, the opposite direction was just cars. So like <laughs> you were stuck in traffic in New York City and there goes Donald Trump on his way to be arrested driving by you. He went past my house. Did he? You know, yeah. that's funny because there was a moment where I was like, I think Maureen might live there. Yeah. And you my... could have had a view. I literally could have watched it from my window. That is wild. I have seen processions go by before. Yes. Yeah. Mine. I live on a thoroughfare that's popular for certain. Like, it's just a good way to get a lot of places. So. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, they pull up to the Manhattan Criminal Courts building, helicopter overhead watching, you know, a little yellow spot walk out of a walk out of a SUV and into a I think the building was covered in like scaffolding or something. Everything's it was a very always, New York thing. Yeah. They just drive down a real shit alley. Yeah. There's like scaffolding with plywood on the building uh, and then he disappears in and at that moment, yeah. the moment he crossed the threshold of that building he was, he was in arrested. police custody. He was arrested. Yeah. It was like a kind of magical, like a Rubicon or a kind of mystical moment where. Totally. At this, when you walk over this threshold, you're arrested. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, they did not handcuff him. You know, uh, they, in fact, they fingerprinted him, though uh, they now use an electronic device. So they were not like sticking his fingers on little ink pads and stuff like that. Uh, they did not take a mugshot which is too bad. But uh, mugshot law in New York was changed a couple of years ago. Uh, so they are no longer public record. Uh, and so the only way that a mugshot would be of him would have ended up in the public was if it was leaked or if the Trump team themselves had released it. Um, and ultimately, it seemed that the decision was made that they did not need to take a mugshot of a man who was not only been on TV for like 30 years, but was the president of the United States. They don't need an identification photograph of this man. There are plenty of them, uh, which I get. But that happened. I love that this whole thing happened in one building. That also feels very New York to me. That happened yep. on the seventh floor. You go up and down the elevator a lot when you do jury duty. <laughs> yeah. So that happened. He was booked on the seventh floor which took like half an hour or so. And then uh, and then the TV cut to just a camera, static camera in a hallway pegged on black glass double doors at the end of the hallway on the 15th floor, which is where the judge, the presiding judge, has his courthouse. And then we just sat and waited looking at doors yeah. for a very long time. The commentary, Dan, was insane. Yes. I mean, I was, I just, it was, it was the worst time filler I have ever heard. Yeah. At one point, somebody on CNN was saying, well, you know, you say it's bad to be arrested, but they start listing famous people like 
that have been arrested, like Martin Luther King Jr. was arrested, Jesus was arrested, and I was like, oh, God. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. God. They had fucking George Conway on there. Yeah, I, um, I, for somebody that consumes as much news as I do, I do not watch cable news at all. No, you're not, you're missing nothing. Yeah, because I know that I'm missing nothing. But in a case like this, especially because I was in a hotel room where I have cable news, um, I watched it and I was like, boy, I know why I, it's just like people just talking out of their ass. Yeah, it was, it was, look at him, look at, because it was a lot of, they had an hour to fill and one photograph of his face. Yeah. Look, that's the face of a man. When you look in his eyes, you know that he knows. Now, what do you think when you look in his eyes? What is he thinking? Well, I'm looking at his eyes and I think he's thinking of a a bigger, brighter world and of a better cheeseburger. Like, what are you talking about? It was just. Yeah. And so we were staring at these double doors. People were kind of yammering on incessantly. And then occasionally Anderson Cooper would break in and be like, wait, wait, wait. Because then the doors would start to open. And then it would be like, oh, that's just the DA's team. Like, okay. Now, then they're back. And then it it just did feel like it took forever. It Just staring at, I mean, I guess any live footage of doors takes a long time. But uh, eventually the Trump legal team came through. And then there was only one more person to come through those doors. And it swung open, and Maureen, what did we see? Trump. Donald Trump. Just w- getting, going in to get, get booked and get, stand in front of the judge. Now, up until the point that he walked through the door, one of the kind of incessant monologues that people were giving was how he was expected to address cameras when he came through the doors, either before he went into the courtroom or after he went in the courtroom. So that was sort of the expectation that he was going to, you know, stand up and give some sort of rousing, I'm not a crook style speech, and then and then head into the courtroom. Do you hear the people sing, singing the songs of angry men? Yeah. And instead, uh, I think a cop walks through the door Kind of lets it swing behind him close. So Trump kind of gets half smacked by the door because he's following through. And I will I will give credit to the CNN people filling time because shortly after that, they were like, I wonder when the last time he had to open his own door was. And I was like, that's a good question. That's a good question. But yeah, so the door kind of swings half back on him and he yeah. kind of catches it at the last second. Yeah, does he not know how to, like much about doors anymore and that yeah i think he was expecting someone to hold it open for him but but that new york cop who already was like you know probably six hours into his overtime was just like i don't give a fuck man <laughs> um so he walks through and he looks like the dictionary definition of hang dog <laughs> he just is dour you know i think if you were trying to dress it up you would say he was solemn right but he did not look like a happy camper and he kind of made a a a quick look at the camera and then just turned and headed right into that courtroom no speeching 
no nothing, just a little sad sandwich turn, <laughs> head on in. And then, boy, they looped that for like an hour because yeah. they had nothing else to show. That it was, was more good. door footage. Yeah, George Conway. Well, what do you think, George? Well, I uh, doors are doors are very symbolic, you know. So then he sat in the courtroom, Dan. Yeah, for an hour. Everyone was like, an arraignment's very, very quick. It'll take five minutes, blah, blah, blah. And uh, and then it was just, then they then they were really in that flop sweat level of time killing because they had nothing. There was, no, there was no feed. There were no cameras. We were just sitting there waiting. They had that one photo. But yeah, they allowed photographers in at the very start. They allowed five photographers in, and I believe they, ha- they allowed one video camera in the hallway. So every place was using the same feed. So yes, you're right. After uh, he went in and probably about a minute later, a series of photojournalists were shuffled out of the courtroom. Uh, but yes, there were a, there was sort of a series of photos of him sitting looking squinty uh, at the desk. So they showed us those as well. Puffy eyed and squinty. Oh, yeah. He had some real thick eyelids going on. Yeah. Yeah. Very, yeah. very lot heavy makeup. Yeah. I mean, heavy, heavy, Trump. heavier than normal. I thought, though, kind yeah. of a different color this time. Well, he probably didn't get a touch up, right? Like typically if he were to be doing something for an hour before then going in front of a camera, someone would probably oh, sure. hit they him sit with there a little powder or something. Yeah, they do that. Yeah. But uh, he didn't have that. Because he know, was he, arrested then. And the he people was in arrested. Because there were just two cops behind him. Yeah. Or two two officers of the court. Yes, exactly. Um, and so he's in there. Everyone's trying to kill time because the other thing is yesterday was when we finally learned the charges against him. He was indicted last week, but those indictment that, that indictment stays sealed until the defendant has their day in court, right? Has their arraignment. So then uh, the charges are unsealed. There are 34 counts, felony counts, and they're all kind of the same count. (laughs) They are all uh, falsifying business records with intent to cover up another crime, essentially. Uh, They are, the 34 counts are because there are 34 different records they are things like check stubs and invoices from Michael Cohen and uh, general ledger entries from the Trump organization. Uh, they are all dated from 2017, so they clearly are all related to the Stormy Daniels payoff. And that's the charges. There's a conspiracy something in there. There is not a conspiracy charge. So in addition to... The charges, they released something called a statement of fact, which is a narrative. And that narrative paints a much more nuanced picture, right? Like the charges really, there is, there are no names. Michael Cohen's name is in there, but there are no names of who, you know, this money, there is no, there's no narrative to the charges. It is just one after the other, after the other of near identical things other than the date and the type of a business record. Mm -hmm. Uh, the statement of fact paints a different picture, right? The statement of fact goes back to 2015. Again, the charges are all about 2017. Uh, and a scheme 
hatched between Trump, Michael Cohen, and David Pecker, who is the CEO of American Media Inc., which runs the National Enquirer and other tabloids. Um, And that scheme is to catch and kill, as they call it, stories that are potentially damaging to Donald Trump in this election cycle. Um, in the, in the statement of fact, obviously they talk about Stormy Daniels. They also talk about a smaller amount of money paid to a Trump tower doorman who was shopping a story about Trump fathering a child. Seems like something maybe to follow up on a little bit. Um, and also an additional payment to another, uh, another woman that Trump slept with. Uh, the amount matches up with the amount that has been reported as being a playboy model named Karen McDougal. Um, So the statement of fact talks a lot about this scheme and about their plan and all of that, but there is not a single conspiracy charge in the charges. Okay. Charges are exclusively this just over and over again, falsifying business records with intent to conceal or cover up a crime. Right. So that was interesting. And then Bragg, DA Bragg, Uh, gave a press conference later where he was asked, like, so what is the crime then, right? Like, the the charges don't say what the crime is, just that there's, you know, that that there is falsifying records to cover it up. Uh, So what is the crime? And he basically was like, well, the statement of fact sort of, well, one, he, he clarifies the charges do not actually need to say what the crime is, right? Like that would come out in the trial, I guess. Um, it's just that the, the, that that is what the charge is, right? You aren't specifying the crime, but they aren't charging the crime, right? They're charging this cover up to the, the falsified to cover up or, or commit the crime. Uh, but he does cite three examples of potential crimes. One of them is making false statements, um, specific, like it, in a business law sense, Um, And he uses as an example of that, uh, claiming that the payments to Michael Cohen were for legal services uh, in tax records, when in fact, they were not for legal services, they were reimbursement for him paying Stormy Daniels. Um, He also gives as an example, a violation of New York state election law, which allows... um, Also, I should point out, I am doing this entirely off the dome... He's just looking up at the ceiling as he's doing this. I'm doing this off the dome, and I've been awake since 2.45 in the morning. Mm. So apologies if uh, if these are not 100% correct, but I think they're pretty darn close because I spent a lot of time yesterday trying to understand them. Uh, the New York State election law, there is a thing that says you cannot promote a candidate by unlawful means. And the basic... The, the the swing of all of the Stormy Daniels stuff with election law, whether it's state or local or, or federal, um, and all the way back to Michael Cohen, is that basically this $130,000 should be considered a donation to the campaign because uh, it, it, it it is essentially a gift, right? It is, and, and it was not declared as such. Um, and so in, in the New York state, law, you can't promote someone by, you know, by unlawful means. And so this is essentially promoting Donald Trump by keeping these stories down. And that in an, and and 
doing so without declaring such makes it illegal. And then finally, he says that it also breaches uh, federal election law because you can only donate, there's a cap on how much you can donate to a candidate and $130,000 is far beyond that cap. Now, do we know if those are the only laws, like those are the only crimes? We do not. Those are the three that he gave as examples. Uh, Maybe there is more, uh, but... But yeah, that's where it's at. I mean, my take is this feels a lot like getting Al Capone Capone on tax tax evasion. evasion, Yeah, you know, it's well, the trial not as sexy as one would like. Well, I I disagree because (laughs) when is the trial probably going to be? The next hearing, not the trial. The next hearing is in December. So, okay. uh, and that hearing will be when Trump's people try to get the whole thing thrown out. Okay. Um, couple of questions. The then. trial itself, there was discussion about a potential trial date. The prosecution wanted it in January. The defense was like, yeah, we would rather it be more in the spring. Uh, ultimately, it seems that the judge will decide on a trial date after the discovery period is over, which is what we're in right now. So, so dis- discovery is until December? No. So discovery is for the next couple of months. Okay. The next, like the next procedural hearing currently is scheduled to at in December. That okay. date could totally change. Okay. So here's why I do think it will be sexy. We're gonna hear so much about Stormy. Well the, yes. little, the little mushroom. Remember the mushroom? I do remember the mushroom. Yeah, Dan. This is where we're going. We're gonna hear a lot about his sex life. Mm-hmm. We're going to unfortunately that I, I, I will push back. That is not sexy. Oh no. I mean, it's just <laughs> that tech- is not sexy. It's horrible. It's, I don't want to know any of it. I don't want to know it either, but it's just technically. Yes. It's sexy. I guess it's sex related. It is It is sex adjacent. It's something. Yeah. And we're going, to, so he's going to be, we haven't gotten to the presser yet, which I didn't watch because I knew you did. So Fuck you. <laughs> that was so real. <laughs> oh, that came from such a deep place, Dan. Oh. Oh, that came from such a deep place. Oh, my God, you guys. Oh, no. Oh, no, his head's on the desk. He's actually broken, you guys. <laughs> All right. Now, Dan, now, Dan, we're going to yeah. sit with something before we get to the presser, which I didn't watch. Yeah. Because I was driving to every home improvement store in Bucks County trying to find a shelf the right size. Sure. They all said they had and they didn't because they uh, lie. Dan, now, when we started this recording, you said something very important. Okay. You said, as you ran from breakfast to this recording, you said, maybe I do too many things. Oh, yeah. Can we reflect on that for a second? Can sure. We just unpick that. Unpick that knot for a second. Yes. What kind of things are you doing, Dan? That you maybe think are too many? Uh, I mean, there are just a lot of things currently. Right. Well, there's, name some. Well, there's this. And yeah. says who? The says who podcast. Okay. There's indictment dot fyi dot mm-hmm. There is my normal regular job. Your job, right? There is uh, another kind of teaching adjacent gig that I do in 
Chicago that has uh, some deadlines and things happening very rapidly. Uh, there is a whole nother project that I'm working on that is about to launch, uh, but hasn't launched yet. Right. Uh, then there are the parenting aspects of things. Sure. Uh, you know, raising a seven-year-old is always a, uh, a, a, a tax on your time. Uh, raising a 17-year-old who needs to make a decision on a college in the next uh, 25 days is um, is something. There was is a lot of like. There's just a lot right, right. now, Maureen. Right. There is a lot now. Indictment.fyi is something that will probably morph into trial.fyi yeah it will it will stay named what it is but right. it will it will follow this process throughout now the good news is i'm almost hesitant to say it i paused okay. there for a second mm, okay that it should slow down for a bit okay like i'm not planning on writing one today now dan hmm let's back up one more second okay now it's not indictment related but uh Three weeks from now, he will also be back in New York court for the sexual assault case brought yeah. by E. Jean Carroll. Yeah, and, and because it's a, and a, and a defamation case, and because there is no uh, there because there is a statute of limitations on sexual assault, which there absolutely should not be. Yeah, she has to pursue this through civil means. Yeah, it's a civil case. So that's not involved. But then, what if he is then indicted in Georgia? Right. What if he's indicted in Georgia, which as far as anyone knows, the grand jury has finished. It could happen anytime. submitted a report. Like what if they did it tomorrow? It, 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 it seems that they could. There's also the two investigations that are still mm -hmm. going um, at the federal level. Right. Both of which actually seem to be moving forward in a way that is surprising to me. You know, like really pursuing witnesses and and all yeah. of that in a way that feels more aggressive than I would expect. So there are three uh, other potential indictments. And no matter what, if it's slow or whatever, this is going to go on for at least a year. Yeah. And you've signed up yeah. to watch and listen to all of it. Yeah. All of it, Dan. I make poor decisions, Maureen, is really mm. what it boils down to. Yeah, because for as I just said, yesterday when he did the presser, I grabbed the car keys because I don't usually have a car. Yeah. And said, I'm going to Home Depot. And then I wandered. Dan, I had a wonderful time. Home Depots are great. Oh, I like a good Home Depot. Oh, I, I was, like a good Home Depot wander. Dan, if I didn't live in the city, I would be buying so much Home Depot shit all the time. Yeah. It it's is a good time. Magical. They didn't have what I needed because I needed an eight inch wide shelf that they said they had and they lied. <laughs> I'm not mad. And then I went to Lowe's and they didn't mm -hmm. have it either. But I saw every, I wandered those halls, Dan. You could have probably thought, just had them cut you a board. <sighs> I just needed the one thing. You know what I mean? Like it was, they yeah. said it was like, we have the shelf. I said, can I have the shelf? They said, we don't have the shelf. Yeah. I said, that, that runs contrary to what you told me. But that's what I was doing, Dan. I was listening to a podcast. I was looking at shelving. I wandered the garden section. I picked yeah. up a little seed. 
this is what I was doing, Dan. I'm just trying yeah. to mentally walk you through. Like last week, I was swimming in the ocean. Don't worry, yeah. I got my comeuppance. I'm still queasy, Dan, by the way. It I took, bet. It took, actually, it took 24 hours for me to stop being queasy. Jesus Christ. It was really, I think it was like an inner ear thing because I was like, I am still yeah. feeling kind of like I'm going to barf. But Dan, here I am. I'm like, oh, well, look at this plant pot. I could grow some seedlings for some mint. How about I do this? Oh, here's a nice fern. Meanwhile, Dan, mm-hmm. I was smelling that Home Depot Center smell of wood and soil. Yeah. Oh, just breathe that. It's nice. So meanwhile, you were watching. I had, driven, I had just driven back from the airport yeah. in a blizzard. Right. Yeah. We had picked up pizza on the way back. Okay. That's uh, nice. Brought it in. Sweet. I literally, because I had missed lunch. I'd skipped uh. lunch because I'd been watching the in- indictment stuff. So at this point, I was truly ravenous. You were hungry. And uh, so I hoovered down, I believe, four slices of pizza before I even knew what I had done. Right. Then stood up, came into the bedroom, turned on the TV, and there already the already the 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 camera was pointed at an empty podium in Mar-a-Lago. Great. Were well, there a lot of flags? There were a lot of flags. Oh, good. It looked very much like the same exact setup when he announced that he was running for president. Right. As somebody pointed out the only difference was there was a Trump campaign sign on the lectern. Mm. And the only difference in the entire setup was that the phone number to text to support had a red box around it this time. Okay. That was the, otherwise the setup was identical. Um, so they are showing, there's an assembled crowd of people the sort of usual suspects, which now that we are six months into a world where we have a lot of um, AI photography and things happening, it is easier to be able to describe these people now because they all look like they were generated by an AI. Right. They all sort of, the faces are slightly off. They look like they, like a rejected Yankee candle kind of, you know, yeah. it's just kind of melty and yeah, not Yeah, everyone's quite. just a little bit... A little bit misshapen. Mm. They're all there, uh, cheering, turning around, waving at the cameras. Eventually, he walks in. Now, another difference between this. So, oh, before he walks in, uh, Eric and Dojo and their respective uh, wives come in, mm-hmm. as well as a, a few other kind of hangers-ons. They walk through. And then Donald Trump walks through. And the only other real difference between the setup for when he announced and now was when he announced Millennia walked out with him. And this time, Millennia is nowhere to be seen. She is not present right now. Yeah, she didn't go to New York. She didn't go to court. She did not walk out with him yesterday to his crowd of adoring, slightly misshapen AI-generated fans. You know, obviously, fuck her. But oh, also, yeah. fair enough. Oh, without a doubt. Like, you fucker, you're on your own. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, and so he gets up there. I would say three seconds in, mm-hmm. I realized I'd made yet another bad mistake in my right, life. Yeah, this is, I mean, I think we're really getting some very important work done here. It hurts when we go into the knot, but like we're, oh. we're, we're working out some tension. It was 
not so originally it was billed that he was doing a press conference. This was not a presser. This was just a this was just a speech. Teleprompters up, right. reading, uh, getting he uh, his makeup. If you thought he had a lot of makeup in the morning, the makeup in the evening, it was it was sort of looked like everyone's mom's handbag from the seventies. Mm. Kind of a slightly orangey. A burnt ochre, I believe, is the Crayola crayon description for that. It's a very evocative reference for me. I feel that deeply. Yeah. Um, It was this sort of thick, deep, tanny orange Mm. just piled on. Nice. Just thick like a batter. Like You could have popped him in a deep fryer afterwards. Right. And he would have been crispy. Um, I think that's always true of him, though. I've, in fact, I'm going to say it. It's true of anybody. Well, true. That's a good point. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's true of anything. You put right, it. yeah. But he was really like he was battered. Like, right. like if there had been like, you know, panko crumbs on him. Like he's a fish stick like, of a person, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Uh, and so he did address at the very beginning, said, you know, I can't believe that this happened to me. Mm. I actually wrote this down because it made me laugh so hard. Oh, I didn't write it down there, though. He said, you know, these are entirely wrong. The only crime I've ever committed is trying to defend this country from people that hate it. Or something to that effect. And I was like, that is a funny way to say that. I don't think that's a crime. But okay. Um but then he just go. Then he just goes more, and he just went. It was just Donald our, Trump airing of grievances one hundred and one. It's the modern Cicero. He did not. He did not. It was twenty full minutes before he readdressed the fact that he had been indicted that morning. So the first twenty minutes was just. It was. Joe Biden's mm. boxes and boxes of classified documents that Joe Biden refuses to turn over. Hunter Biden, of course, and his laptop. Um, it was uh, the Georgia case and his perfect mm. phone call that he made perfect. to Georgia and how perfect it was. It was Letitia James and mm. her uh, her treatment of the Trump organization and how she right. hates Trump. Right. Um it was just, just unrelenting. Would you say from his tone, like what was your sense of how he felt? Angry. Post- yeah. If you remember his announcement, his, his I'm running, rerunning, he was sort of catatonic. Mm-hmm. This, he was still reading, but it's like he would read it and then he would he it would sink in what he had just read, and then you could tell that he he was just sort of fuming the whole time, right? You know, high blood um, pressure, definitely. Okay. And it it I don't know if I wanted to see it or if it was truly happening, but he seemed to be getting darker mm. in complexion as he went. Why well, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, um, he finally at about thirty minutes or so. He went on a tear about the um, about the case, and it is important, I think, at this point to point out that at the arraignment, the judge very specifically told him that he needed to tone it down, right? That he needed to not uh, 
He needed to not say things that would incite violence. Or put up pictures of that imply that he's going to hit the DA with a baseball bat. Yes. Okay. All of that came up at the, at the arraignment. So there was a point when he was just going off about every other potential. The other weird thing was like, I would think if I was in a situation mm-hmm. where there were at least three separate indictment investigation or uh, potential indictments and investigations happening, plus civil suits and things like that uh, against me. Mm. And I had just been indicted that morning. Right. I don't think I would spend half an hour reminding people about all of the other investigations happening against me. Right. I wouldn't do that. That was really the main focus was just like, there is all of this other stuff that is about to happen to me. Right. And I am mad about it. Well, Dan- and there was a point in when he was doing it where I realized, oh, this is because his lawyers aren't letting him talk about this case. And they aren't letting him rail against Bragg and they're not letting him rail against the judge. So he's going to rail against every other thing because he can. He can't talk. Right. Yeah. There's no gag order, though. There is no gag order. There is no gag order against him. Um, I mean, I I do remember when I ran a website called Has Roger Stone Violated His Gag Order Yet? (laughs) Dan. Okay. Just keep going. That, uh. You know, Roger Stone was given a similar warning by a different judge and eventually was then told if he spoke, he would have a gag order. And then he spoke anyway, and he he ended up under a gag order. Um, But there is not a gag order yet. At least the, the talking heads on TV speculate that it would be very hard to put a gag order on a former president of the United States. But who knows? Point being, he was warned to not speak ill. Uh, uh, of of the people involved in this case. So there was a point where I was just like, oh my God, he's just going off about what he's now, the the classified, by the way, Maureen, the classified documents at Mar-a-Lago, he is now referring to as the box hoax. So that's great. But I was like, he's going off about this because he can't go off about the thing he really wants to go off on. And then near the end of the speech, either it was written there or he just decided, meh, I'm going for it anyway. And he went on probably a five minute tear against the district attorney who he called racist in reverse, which is a thing that doesn't exist. Um, And then the judge who he referred to as a Trump-hating judge with a Trump-hating wife and family. Oh, good. Definitely, yeah. definitely insult the judge's family. Yes, definitely. Get in there, get in there quick. Make yeah. sure to do that. Day one, make and, sure and went, targets uh, on the family. Yeah, went much further about how, you know, I think his wife or his daughter, someone worked for Kamala Harris and, you know, all of this. So, um, you know, what, it just went for a minute. And then he switched back again to just railing against Letitia James or something like that. At the 40-minute mark, CNN cut away. And I realized that, like, the genie in Aladdin, I had been released. <laughs> I did not seek it out any further. Mm-hmm. Uh, my understanding is he ranted for not much longer. And, uh, and I turned it off. Now, Dan, you said something really, really important in there that I want to kind of revisit again. Yeah. You said... A bunch of a bunch of stuff was happening to him, and he was mad about it. Yes. Can you relate to that feeling, Dan? I definitely can relate done, to that. You've feeling. done a, you've you agreed to a bunch of stuff, and now 
Now you have bad feelings about it. I do. I do. Was your crime loving your country too much, Dan? It might have been. Yeah, it might have been. It might have been. Now that if you put <laughs> yeah. it like that, it might have been. Yeah, I know. I feel like we found out. I feel like we've done a lot of really important work today, Dan. Well, the good news about that is that I still have more work to do because the minute that we finish this, I have to process it and then edit it and then upload it. Right. Now, Dan, I did watch the arrest with Trump loving relative. Yeah. How did that go? That person was present. Uh, Careful listeners may have sussed out who this is. It is a really hard code I've put in there. Uh, They watched it silently. Didn't say much. And then, because we were sniggering about it, I was trying not to, because it wasn't, every once in a while I couldn't help it, but like mostly I was just kind of po-face watching it like, yeah, okay, shut up. Everybody shut up. You could be completely silent. It would have been much more effective just to completely silently watch those doors. Much more effective. Yeah. Anyway, the person said, okay, now do Biden. (laughs) But it, there was a resignation to it. Like they believe like they're like, okay, he's arrested. It wasn't a how dare you. It was a, all right. Yeah. Like a, a knowledge. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this person has a flag. Yeah. A Trump flag, which I defaced. <laughs> so it couldn't be used again. Cause it said Trump 2020, no more bullshit. And I just cut out the, the no and put it back in case you tried to use it again. And signed my work because I'm a dick. But um, I just wanted to render it unusable. Yeah. But what do you think this does for his chances in the election? Because he is still going to, even though being under arrest, he is going to run for president. He can literally be convicted. Yeah. I'm still and, be president. And run for president. Yeah. It's another one of those, like, the vision of the founding fathers didn't quite imagine the idea that you might be a felon and decide that you're going to run for president. Also, CNN made a real uh, galaxy brain observation today when they were like, well, you know, how does this look that maybe, maybe the DA only, only arrests and goes after famous and well-known people and lets other smaller cases slip by. And I'm like, CNN, are you okay? They are not okay. Did you fall on your head, CNN? They did. We all all know that they're not okay. But, you know, imagine thinking what the criminal justice system is doing is just letting poor people get away with incredibly minor infractions and not filling a a for-profit prison system. Criminal justice system famously lenient on small-time people. Definitely not just... Yeah. A modern slavery system. For yeah. sure. CNN. Absolutely just well known the world over. Real finger on the pulse stuff. allowing poor people the Absolutely. breaks that they actually need. So, so CNN comparing him to Jesus and musing out loud whether or not the rich are ill-treated in the, in the modern criminal justice system. Real, some real big time thinking there from CNN. Yeah. And those even weren't from the, like the Trump people. Those were oh, from good. the commentators. Perfect. The people that work there, Dan. Well, I, be- I mean, half of those people are former Trump people. I believe one of them was Van Jones that said one yeah. of those things. And I don't remember who the other person was. But it was real. Uh, goof, though. It's pretty magical stuff. And um, obviously, this is all going to be turned into a campaign commercial. Right. 
It's. I mean, the the question that you posed is, what does this mean for his election? I mean, I think that it puts him in the center of the narrative, which is where he wants to be. Right. You know. Um. I don't think, at least currently, I don't think it hurts his chances at all. You know, I think that it becomes very hard for people running against him because they have to defend him Mm -hmm. while also trying to say he's not the right guy. Yeah. I don't know how you thread that needle. Uh, We didn't even get to, we'll get to it next week, the fact that Ron DeSantis was owned by Disney in the funniest way possible. It. If it, I can ever catch my breath right. and do the few hours of research that I need to do, we need to do an entire DeSantis Disney special. because It is magical. It is. I mean, it's magical. It's also wild. Like this new board that oversees Disney that Disney may or may not have done an end run around. It, like the co-founder of Moms for Liberty is on that board. Like the board is bananas. And he has now, DeSantis has now said that he is launching a criminal investigation into Disney. So um, this should go great for everyone. I mean, listen, there's a lot going on. And I think the only thing we can say, aside from Dan, this is me speaking. Olive says who is behind me. This is an intervention. No more jobs, Dan. Oh, there are more jobs. No, 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 Dan. (laughs) Dan? The worst part is there are more jobs. No, 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 no. We're all here. All of us are here together. This episode has really been an intervention. No more jobs, Dan. No more well, jobs. No we'll more send. No more sending me a link that says, I'm thinking about starting this business. No, you're not, Dan. I am, though. Okay. There are a bunch of jobs that I want to do. Okay. Anyway, this episode of Says Who is brought to you by you. Through your support of our Patreon, patreon.com slash says who. Our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Our logo is designed by Darth. You can contact us at says who podcast on Twitter, at says who at omfg.town on Mastodon, or at hey, that is H E Y, at says who podcast.com. That's to get us on email. Uh, you can also go to Facebook at slash group slash says Whovians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. I'm doing this without notes. I'm sorry to the nice Discord. I cannot remember the URL without staring at it. And our next episode will be next Wednesday, whenever that is. And from this hotel room in Boulder, Colorado, I am Dan Sinker. From Pennsylvania, where there's some geese honking outside. See you tomorrow. I'm Maureen Johnson. Dan, no new jobs. This has been Says Who. I'm very serious about this, Dan. If I see you starting another job, I'm going to get on a plane. There's probably another job. Dan, listen to me. I'm going to get on a plane to Chicago. I'm going to drive to your house. I'm going to jump on your back like a spider monkey. <laughs>